Asbury Pod gratefully acknowledges the support of Asbury Park Roastery, who graciously permitted us to record today's episode in their space. Asbury Roastery is a small coffee roasting company that specializes in selling freshly roasted coffee, primarily fair trade and organic, to retail and wholesale customers. They also offer a line of fine quality organic loose leaf teas, as well as accessories and confections. Their philosophy is simple. Make it good. So for some delicious coffee or holiday gift ideas for the coffee lovers in your life, come visit the roastery at one of its three locations in Asbury Park, 803 2nd Avenue between Main Street and Memorial, in Convention Hall on the north end of the Asbury Park Boardwalk, and at the south end of the boardwalk at the First Avenue Pavilion. Welcome to Asbury Pod. This week, we welcome the team behind Asbury Park's newest media outlet, Tap Into Asbury Park, owner and former mayor of Belmore, Matt Doherty, and reporter Alyssa DeLeo. We talked to Matt and Alyssa about the state of local journalism and news reporting and what they hope Tap Into Asbury can bring to the table. Welcome, Matt and Alyssa. The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the deputy mayor of the city of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official City of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body. Their interviews always hit the mark, so subscribe to Asbury Park. I mean, pod. Be informed, don't be in the dark. Everybody listen to Asbury Park. I mean, pod. Everything you need to know. Brought to you by Amy and Joe. If you're local, they're the pod for you. But Bennies are welcome and Shoebies too. From Route 35 to Convention Hall, it's Berry Pod. Covers it all as Berry Pod. I love you. I love you. Welcome, welcome, Asbury Park listeners. We are taping on November 20th. Um, I have to give a big thank you to Allie Kennedy from Asbury Roastery, who, while she refuses to come on the podcast, she has allowed us to use her space for the podcast today which we have two very, very special guests that I'm very excited about, Matt Darty and Alyssa DeLeo. Did I say that right? Uh, yeah. Did I? Uh, DeLeo. DeLeo. Yeah. Okay, DeLeo. I'm just going to say Alyssa because just in case. Yeah. Whose name did I get wrong? It sounds fine, though. I got somebody's name it's wrong like, the we, whole We've time. gotten a lot of people's names wrong. But I got one person's <laughs> name repeatedly wrong, and so I just stopped saying their name in the podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, we want to welcome, welcome, welcome again. Thank you to Esbury Roast for, Roastery for allowing us to use their space. So Matt and Alyssa are changing the game of local government reporting. Um, in Asbury Park. So I would love for you guys just to do a quick intro on who you are, and then we're going to get into TAP AP. Sure. Uh, so, uh, um, you know, I'm Matt Doherty, um, former mayor in Belmar. Lots of questions about that. One. From uh, 2011 to 2018. Uh, and then I was the executive director for the New Jersey Casino Reinvestment Development Authority. In, Lots of uh, questions about that too, Matt. In Atlantic City, uh, which is a beautiful city. Uh, and um, uh, this past November 1st, 2022, um, I was uh, happy and uh, honored to launch TAP into Asbury Park, 
which is a daily uh, digital news source um, of everything regarding Asbury Park. It publishes every day, uh, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Uh, and we have an outstanding reporter who's embedded in the community, and that is Alyssa DeLeo. Alyssa? Alyssa, tell us about yourself. Hi, thanks for having me on the podcast. <laughs> You're sure. welcome. <laughs> We're grateful that anyone shows up, really. <laughs> so, Two people are now going to know your story, Alyssa. <laughs> up to 12. <laughs> Possibly. So I am a reporter. I worked at a weekly newspaper for a year, and now I started Tap into Asbury Park on November 1st. And I've like just dove right in, and I'm excited, and it's been really great the past two weeks. Yeah, I've you've yeah we've published it's only every been day, two weeks. <laughs> but I've we'll read talk to you in two years, and it's like ugh. But I've read all two weeks of, of Alyssa's work already, so like you, that's a busy job already. So when you, when you start, like you don't get a day off with the, with this kind of reporting, right? So what what's the idea behind the tap into franchises? How do these work? So tap T A P uh, stands for the alternative press. So it's tap into whatever community. So there's a tap into Belmar. Um, there's a tap into Red Bank. And now there's tap into Asbury Park. And the idea is, you know, local news is uh, as important today as it's ever been. But there's less and less people covering local news. Um, you know, I, I hate to bring them up, but, you know, the Asbury Park Press used to have phenomenal coverage of Asbury Park. I mean, Asbury Park hasn't gone away. There's right. not less going on. They just cover it less, and it seems like a lot of the coverage focus on things in the community uh, that are negative. Terrible. Terrible. Yes. Let's just be clear. Terrible. <laughs> yes. And uh, I'm trying to be more of a politician than uh, Deputy Mayor Quinn is. And, you know, what our take is, is, look, you know, not every story is a good story. Not every story is going to be positive. But not every story has to be negative. So it's our goal to write about, you know, great businesses in Asbury Park, the amazing things going on in the community in Asbury Park, um, you know, what's happening and changing um, the diversity of Asbury Park, both the east side and the west side of Main Street and the tracks in Asbury Park. Um, you know, if, if, if there is a story, and we had one this week, right, where there was a lockdown at, yeah. at the high school, well, we're going to cover that as well. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, we're not looking for things that are negative in the high school. You know, in, in Belmar, I'll tell you, you know, during um, Hispanic um, uh, Heritage Month, you know, we did stories on the, the Hispanic American um, teachers and, and how they're leaders in their classrooms and in the community and, and how they're inspirational for a lot of young people. We want to take that and do the same thing here in Asbury. That's just one example. Mm -hmm. um, but I would tell you, overall, you know, publishing seven days a week, we are looking for positive things that are happening in Asbury Park that people in Asbury Park care about, but also, to be honest, that people outside mm -hmm. of Asbury Park care about as well. I mean, Asbury Park, you know, so goes Asbury Park, so goes Monmouth County. Uh, you know, there's few towns in this state that have as large of an impact outside of the four squares of their community as Asbury Park does. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm just like Alyssa, I'm excited mm -hmm. uh, about this opportunity. Um, you know, we're off to a great start and, and we're looking forward to, uh, to moving forward. Yep. Asbury Park likes to be first. We like to be first in things, which I would assume provides like an opportunity to report on us. Like we were one of the first towns to lock down during the pandemic. We have a thing where we, we try to be first, just <laughs> FYI. For one square mile, it's a pretty... We all have ginormous egos, right. yeah. and we're like, we're first. 
Well, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about the history of local news before our conversation today. And I remember growing up in New Jersey, there were many local papers that were different. So we used to get the Home News, the News Tribune. So Home News was Central Jersey. News Tribune was a little farther north, Amboy-centric. Asbury Park Press, the Courier, which is up near Bridgewater, and then the Star-Ledger. All of those, um, I remember, were in our house every day you know, of some form, and all of them on Sunday. And eventually they all consolidated. I think Gannett bought them all. And then it all became one paper, the same editorial on each in each uh, copy. You know, and they started hiring national columnists rather than local. So it just became smaller versions of, like, the USA Today, and nobody bought it. Like, eventually people just stopped buying it, you know. And even today, the Asbury Park Press, and I don't want to bang on them, but, I, you know, I'm a, I have the digital subscription, but... Recently, when I was trying to renew it, because they're owned by, you know, it's all one big company that's not in Asbury, they keep routing my subscription to the Lafayette Journal Courier in Indiana. Interesting. And, and so I keep getting, thank you for subscribing. I'm like, oh. I have not subscribed to the Lafayette. <laughs> and I keep sending them emails like, I am not, I'm trying to get to the, my resubscribe or update my payment for the Asbury Park Press, but it's a big company that just all the same to them. Same digital, same um, masthead, same opinion writers, same format and so local news just seemed to have just died you know and so things like tap seem to be a, for me like a movement to sort of reinvigorate hyper local news and right. one of the things i love that you're not you know we have the tri-city news which is more of an art, arts and culture paper we right. have um the uh you know um the coaster, which is also, you know, I love that you're just adding on to it, right? This isn't viewed as a competition. I know that because both of those papers have told me how excited they were that you were, you're going to be here reporting on local stories. Yeah. Um, you know, if you think about the Tri-City News, I mean, what Dan Jacobson has developed um, and, and grown, man. Well, don't yeah. feed Dan's ego, I, well, I want to feed right? it a little bit Jeez. because no one could do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't. I'll tell you that. I mean, I, God knows what happens to the Tri-City News when he doesn't publish it anymore because it's, it's all on his personality, um, which is remarkable. You know, where we stole Alyssa from, uh, she mentioned, uh, was a weekly called The Coast Star, uh, which covers towns, you know, from Avon south to, you know, actually down into uh, Ocean County. Um, the Coaster does a remarkable job on a weekly basis. Um, so yeah, we're not in. We do not want to compete with them. We would lose if we tried to compete with them. Um, you know, our whole business model is, um, you know, and and sort of what you were talking about as far as you know having a digital subscription to the Asbury Park Press. Everything with us is digital. You'll never see anything printed. Everything with us is always going to be free. You don't pay for anything. Mm -hmm. uh, how do we generate revenue through advertising? Pretty simple, right? And for us, you know, if you look forward, right, it's, it's 2022, um, 10 years from now, how many print publications are they going to be, right? I'm sure that you'll have the New York Times. I'm sure you'll have the Wall Street Journal. I'm not sure about a lot of the other ones. Uh, I think Dan would say one of his keys to success. I think we had him on the podcast. One of his keys to success is he's not. So you have to find his, you know, you have to go to an establishment that has his paper, pick it up and read it. And yeah. I think that has been That's one right. of his saving graces in terms of um, keeping that paper relevant, which, you know, everyone can love it or hate it, but you read it. Right. Um, I'm and also going to give Dan one last unique. shout out. He was like, a, he was on our show. He was, he got toppled, I think, by the Christmas guys in convention hall yeah. because they blew everybody out of the water um the the car the, car, the not real tree 
anyway, we had the pork chop and Bradley on um, that did a not real train convention hall. And anyway, th- those podcast numbers are through the roof. But but to give Dan credit, he had a whole a ton of listens. People were absolutely interested in what he had to say in his opinion. Right. And again, I think there's, you know, there, there's one Dan Jacobson uh, and, and I don't see anyone replacing him or trying to replicate what he's done. To follow up on what you're saying, though, it's interesting. You know, there are, you know, as journalists, my one question to you is why did you choose that in the first place? You know, because I, I she wanted w- to be a journalist to get rich. Yeah, <laughs> because the, the irony of modern journalism seems like there's more outlets at, you know, than ever to publish, but fewer ways of making revenue than ever at the same time. So you could publish in multiple venues yeah. all across the country and around the world, but the ability to concentrate that into a revenue stream has become extraordinarily complicated. Um, so it's a weird, you know, if someone's interested in journalism, yes, you can get published, you know, but it's, it's you know, to fi- you know the, the fading of these regional papers is really making it difficult. So what interested you? So I actually always had a strong interest in uh, journalism and just in talking to people and just meeting different people. And uh, I just like got more into it as I would just uh, watch other journalists. I would watch the news all the time and read papers, read the newspaper, read magazines. And I just thought maybe one day I could do it. So then um, I uh, went to school for it and majored uh, in communications. And yeah, I just, I really, I'm really passionate about telling people's story and just like making their voice uh, come to life. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to do this when you were a kid. Like this is this has been something uh, that you wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, actually it has. I would just um I don't know, I would just go out and like go on walks around the neighborhood and just like try to meet people and just like ask them just different questions. I always had like questions. Yeah. So I was always like filled with like questions I wanted to ask and just like that's what I guess I started doing my earliest interviews as as like a kid. Was there a journalist you remember like you were particularly a fan of as a kid or or just all of them? Uh, yeah, there's definitely trying to think of like one that's really that's right it's the, hard like, yeah it's hard because yeah. there's so many because now so I'm, many. when i'm thinking about it now you know um there's so many writers like um was it you know, pete hamill um from new york and the, um like the new york papers had so many big characters that were, that were interesting to read as a kid um so i thought about it too uh, but just I'm not that good at it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you mentioned there's tap in Belmar. Why is Belmar called Belmar and Lake Como? Like, what is that? Just out of curiosity. So there are two different towns. Um, they weren't always. They they well originally the at one time they were all part of Wall, and then uh, Belmar broke away, and then uh, understandably so South Belmar was called broke away from Wall as well, um, and then um, you know about twenty uh, some years ago. Uh, South Belmar wanted to have its own identity, and um, uh, they have a lake that separates them from Spring Lake, Lake Como, and they named themselves uh, Lake Como. Huh. But you were the mayor of Belmar. I was the mayor of Belmar. And yeah. you started as a council? Yes, yes. I, council I member? served on the council for four years and, uh, and then became mayor for eight. Yeah. And what was, I feel like we've never had a fellow council member on the podcast before. How, are you, how did you find that experience, Matt? I, I loved it. Okay. I really did. I know that sounds crazy. Uh, and if you watch council meetings, you're like, who would sit through that? But, uh, you know, what, what, what's, what's, <laughs> <Journalists are right>. <laughs> <laughs> what's great is, uh, you know, if you care about public policy and, and, and I do and, and you do as well, Amy, uh, you know, when you look at a federal level, state level, county level or local level, 
you know, municipal level, you actually get to see the impact of the decisions you make, of the grants you apply for, of the way you structure those grants. You know, you can watch your Main Street um, get, you know, bike lanes it never had before, uh, you know, traffic signals that are linked up. Um, you, you know, people, when they wake up in the morning, you know, they, they got to get to work. They got to get their kids to school. It's all local municipal government that affects their lives from the minute they wake up to the minute they go to sleep. So it's not as abstract as, you know, debates in Congress over, you know, infrastructure programs. That, that sounds great, but, you know, my sewer line's backing up, and, and that needs to get addressed. And on a local level, you could, you could address those things. And I remember in Belmar, you know, one of the things we, we, we put in place was a Belmar Youth Club. Sounds like a simple, trivial thing. It's still there now, but it gives something for tweens um, to do on a Saturday between 5 and 7 p.m. Uh, so, you know, I, I like the fact that you could have a direct, immediate, visible impact on the community you live in uh, when you're on the council. My question to anyone who ever, I usually have, um, my first thought about public service, well, the, not public service, but usually if you want to be a politician, I, I, I often think that the single most disqualifying quality should be if you want to be the mayor, you shouldn't be allowed to be a mayor. Like, that should be like, no, no, no. <laughs> That you do, or if you want to be president of the United States, that no, immediately because you want to. So the question: Why would you, you, know, you? Know, and it's, it's for you, Amy. Like, why did you want to do this as well? Like, you know, so first, because you subject yourself to an enormous amount of insanity by putting yourself out there. So there's some good things, right? You do, you know, set the youth club. But there's also um, people with an axe grant who show up. It doesn't matter who you are; they show up to every meeting and make <laughs> make everyone miserable. <clears throat> so. Maybe there's no answer to this, but you know, why, when you think about it, what was your first instinct? Like, well, maybe it's something I want to do. Similar to what Matt said in the sense that you, put, you can push your policies through or the policies that people who voted for you want pushed through. And it's far easier to do that if you're a member of the council trying to recruit votes for bike lanes, dog beaches, road diets, um, uh, foot patrols, uh, increased recreation programs. So to do that while you're on the council, it's not easy by any stretch, but it's definitely easy. It's easier to kind of get those policies and then see what works and what doesn't. It's a lot of trial and error. Mm. Um, so I would say the really similar to what Matt said, um, that you can see the impact of the policies that you're pushing through, whatever, whatever those policies might be. Mm. Well, it seems like you know, in a small town like... Belmar and Asbury, it seems particularly impactful since everyone, small enough where almost everyone in the town knows who you are just mm -hmm. walking around. And so you, vice versa, you can also see what you're doing. This affects so-and-so's corner here. This neighborhood has been improved because traffic patterns, et cetera. So they, there's a much more, ten, as you mentioned, tangible result to your policy making, as, whereas the, you know, whatever happens in Washington could take years to filter down to Main Street if it ever does. Yeah, and people still, when they look at the ballot, they vote top of the ballot. They often don't go to the bottom of the ballot to the school boards and the local mm. races, which affect their lives far more than the congressional races. So it's mm. a constant fight. I will say Generation Z is, is proving to be pretty interesting in terms of how they're voting and mm. getting involved. Millennials were like, and I've talked about this before, were uh, somewhat tough uh, to get involved locally. They were, they were just, a, they were a, tough generation to get involved locally mm -hmm. but um it looks like generation z is really really killing it um so kudos to them and and listen it's not all 
bubblegum and ice cream mat, right? I have people <laughs> screaming at me for things when they scream at me. Um, yeah, and that's like in Belmar and Lake Como both share something that they're both imperfect. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's okay in a lot of ways. You know, you continue to refine things over years working within, you know, whatever budget you have to allocate the resources to continue to fine tune. All right, let's change this. Let's alter that. And, and it may not get you the result you want, but it gets you closer to it. So, you know, I, I always took the, the, the opinion, um, you, know, I'm, I, you know, people call me mayor because I got 50% plus one. Mm-hmm. So I was never worried about being overly popular. But I always went to sleep very well. Um, you know, I, I always thought that, look, you know, people may not agree with my decision, but let's see about it over time. And sometimes I was right. Sometimes I was wrong. And, and that's OK, too. You know, um, we are sometimes I, 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 I often think to myself how lucky I am to live where I live. I mean, if you live in Asbury Park, you're lucky to live in Asbury Park. This is a great community. Perfect community. No, but a great community nonetheless. Absolutely. I think also like locally, I'm going to see you, right? So if I do something you don't like, or if I'm disrespectful, I'm going to see at the coffee shop, I'm going to see at 7-Eleven. You know, when you're running for office on a much higher level, you're not seeing um, a lot of your base, right? Your base is, you know, the county, the state, um, uh, uh, that kind of stuff. But if I have to see you at 7-Eleven, I'm going to listen to your thoughts. And one of the things probably similar to Belmar and I joke about this all the time, is the people in Asbury, I love the passion of the people in Asbury, and, you know, the people, the passion of the people in Asbury can drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but two towns with a demographic that is very passionate. And I would much prefer that, I think, than people who just didn't give a shit. Yeah, I think more people know who you are as a town council member than know who their um, freeholders or t- county commissioners are or other or even their state representatives. On you know. some level, right? I would even tell you, if you ask someone, you know, in the public, you know, what does the mayor of a town do? They can give you an idea. Mm. What's a county commissioner do? Yeah. That was the first question we asked uh, Tommy Arnell. Oh, totally. So what, do, what is it that you, what does that position right. do? We had to like? Google. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, so, Alyssa, to, we're kind of talking, Matt and I are talking about our experience uh, on the municipal level and kind of, you know, dealing with the public and the issues that go on in small towns. When you're covering these towns, what are you thinking? Are you thinking um, these people are crazy? Or are you like, wow, that person has a really good point? Uh, yeah, I just try to hear them out always. And uh, I let the people come up and talk to me or I come to them. I prepare questions depending on what the topic is. Say they got into a really passionate uh uh, a confrontation at a meeting, say. <laughs> I'll always try to talk to both sides, definitely, and hear them both out, and uh, see what uh, what I get, and like uh, compare the d- issue. What's your favorite kind of story to cover? Is it the politics, or is it other? Uh, no, actually, know? it wouldn't be the politics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually like covering, uh, writing about nonprofits, mm-hmm. and uh, just uh, community members, like mm-hmm. just about what they what they do, and just about who they are, and getting their uh, stories out there. And um, so before you were p- working for the Co-Star, you, 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 were you on the, the media for St. John's University also? Uh, yeah, I actually yeah. did. I uh, wrote for their, uh, it was a live broadcast show. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. We put it on every week, every Friday. Was it TV or? Uh, yeah, it was TV. Oh, wow. So I would write for it. It was uh, kind of, we did a little bit of campus news and then some world news. Oh, wow. I would just write scripts. Uh-huh. And the reporters would read it. Yeah. Do you have a favorite town to cover? 
That's Ray Park. Wow. So I'm, <laughs> AP? Ask, I'm AP? like an AP right now. <laughs> I actually covered Point Beach for almost over a year. Uh-huh. I started last December. Covering... And when you say Point Beach, is that Point Pleasant? Oh, yeah. Point Pleasant Beach. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very cute little town. Yeah. I liked covering it. Yeah. I met a lot of great people. It was nice. Are you from down there? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm from Ocean County. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Matt, so you mentioned tap Belmar, tap Red Bank, tap Esbury. Like, who decide? How does the, how does it get decided? Who gets this kind of local coverage? Because I would assume, in theory, every town wants local coverage. Right. So there's 88 throughout the state of New Jersey. Um, some big names you would know: Newark, uh, Jersey City. Um, you know, some smaller names that I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, and they're each a franchise. So uh, one gentleman, Mike Shapiro great guy owns all of tap into uh and i own the franchise for belmar and i own the franchise for asbury park so they're each individually franchised and so do you call him and say i would like to do this in asbury park i would like to open one in asbury park yeah uh, okay. yeah and we use there and if you ever go on the website uh mm-hmm. it's i mean the 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 platform's great uh it's easy to read uh the yeah. uploading it right as a reporter is pretty it's really simple. simple yeah as an editor, it's very simple. So all the technology was already there. Because if I would have had to build the technology for something like this, um, you know, that would have made it much more expensive um, to start it up versus, you know, the, the initial cost was not bad at all. Um, and, um, and, you know, again, it's easy for folks. And what we realize, and, you know, think about yourselves, I think 74% of the people who get our news get it on their phone. Mm. So it's formatted well for your phone because, you know, if you do a simple WordPress or other stuff, it may not be formatted that right the right way. Whereas, you know, a CNN or uh, these other, you know, uh, New York Times is formatted well for a mobile device. Mm-hmm. So how do you go? And I have questions about executive director of the Atlantic City Reinvestment and Development Authority to a local news guy. So when I was there, I started talking with Mike uh, Shapiro about having a tap into Atlantic City. Uh, Atlantic City, I mean, talk about a big I name Atlantic city. city, right? I mean, yeah. it's huge. Um, it's got a little under 40,000 people live there. Gets and a lot of characters. A lot it's of characters. It's a lot of ca- You know, I love towns with characters. Asbury, I'm, I'm lucky that I have a lot of characters, but Atlantic yeah. City has a lot of characters. <laughs> has a lot of characters. I love characters. And it gets over 20 million visitors a year. In the summer million. mainly? Wow. In the summer mainly, but because of the casinos, it's, it's spread out through the year as well. Um, so we started talking, uh, and then I, I left the Murphy administration in January before we put anything together. Um, come March, uh, Mike contacted me that the previous editor of Tap Into Belmar was giving the rights of the franchise back to the to the to the corporation, uh, and he said, "Look, would you be interested in it?" I was like, "Yeah, why not?" And um, you know, we were very successful in Belmar, and I was like, "We got to do this in Asbury." Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, before I came in here, and again, um, we talked about before, you know, I did call Dan Jacobson because he had the Asbury uh, son, mm-hmm. uh, Asbury Park son. And I didn't want to step on anyone's toes, made sure he knew exactly what we were looking to do. He thought it was a great idea, uh, and he would tell you himself. Um, and then we started November 1. Hmm. It feels like um, ta- you're correct about the tap format. The page is much better, and I feel you're replacing... Um, what the patch wanted to do, but didn't ended up not doing well, or maybe I'm slandering them. No, the patch, it's interesting, the patch started off, uh, and they did well, and then AOL, 
Anyone remember America Online? Yeah. Anyone still have an AOL.com wow. email? John Moore right? still has an AOL account. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, uh, you know, having gone to college Not in the 90s. Not or anything, but yeah. he has an AOL in the 90s, account. You know, I, I, I think I had one at one time as well. Yeah. And um, so AOL put a lot of money mm. into it. Um, got great reporters. And then it fizzled out. And once it fizzled out, those reporters had to go somewhere else. Yeah. So, you know, there's no patch for Asbury Park. Uh, there is a patch for Belmar Maniswan, but they really only cover press releases. Um, you know, something comes out on the, the, the police blotter, things like that, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, we'll cover press releases if it's a good one. But, yeah, you know, that's the thing. Alyssa's so amazing at writing original stories. We'd rather have her focus on original stories mm-hmm. in Asbury Park. I've been having a great time uh, interviewing local businesses as well. Well, the, it's interesting, uh, you know, we always talk about Asbury business, the, the Asbury business community, and um, maybe this is a story you can do, because we've thought about this, we talk about this all the time, the number of female-run businesses in Asbury that are successful, like female entrepreneurs who like started their own business and have thrived, the whole, the whole city's covered in it, and it's remarkable. I'm trying to think of another town that has a similar, um, yeah. uh, a, a similar demographic in terms of like women okay. going out of the workplace and just sort of Yeah, really we actually well. did... Pre-pandemic, I'm part of an organization called the Women's Convention. So we would do these um, these events, trying to get uh, local women more involved in politics, and uh, always highlighting local women's business. We did like a ad hoc survey, and it was an overwhelming. It was over 50 percent of oh. local and women-owned businesses in Esbury Park, um, which was shocking. Shocking, I think. And they're they're successful. They're well done. They're well, uh, they. Um, and so the, each one of them have interesting stories because we've had some of them on, you know, um, and everyone's story for running their own business, you know, um, um, you know, Bianca from Interwoven, you know, Arbar, Bar, Kathy Kelly from Paranormal, Tallulah's. Yeah, there's so on. many good businesses, you know, Medusa, Asbury Roastery, Asbury Roastery right here, like probably one of the original yes. ones, right? And um, so they're all interesting stories when you start. To, businesses are are people stories, right? It's not yeah, just money. they are definitely. Mm-hmm. And especially here because they're um, mom and pop, you know, they're not, yeah. we, we don't have a, a, a lot of big chains no, here No, that's what anything. makes Asbury super unique, like how it's all all um, family-owned businesses and entrepreneurs here. So so take us through how you pick a story. Okay, so <laughs> I, well, for Asbury, I've been uh, really meeting with uh, business owners and I've just been walking around introducing myself and talking about the site, letting them know I would be open to uh, having a story about them. If, if they're interested, they can uh, call me. And uh, I've gotten a qu- quite a few calls, and I've been reaching out to them as well. Oh, nice. And also, I'm nonprofits. I'm trying to mm-hmm. be, get involved with them as well. We have a ton of stories. nonprofits yeah, yeah. in Asbury as well. Yeah. And I also did a story about the library recently, just highlighting their programs they offer. Such great programs yeah. going on right now. I, yeah. Yesterday, I went to. Um, they had a park ranger program where they brought yes, a turtle and a tote, a frog. I think it was a frog. Yeah, you, wrote, you wrote a story about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I went after your story. I was like, and I dragged <laughs> my son it? and it was great. Yeah. It was great. It was such a good event. They, they, um, you know, the library board uh, or the library and I have had a complicated relationship over the years, but they are really bringing it these days. And, um, and, um, it's great. It's still, uh, uh, you know, that building is amazing too. Yeah. You know, the architecture. Well, the stained glass window of uh, Ulysses S. Grant is my favorite. It's like, how did this happen? I know he was he spent some time down here at the end of his life mm-hmm. in Ocean Grove and Long Branch. But, you know, I was in there one day just 
I just never noticed. I've been there for in and out of there many, many times. I looked up and I'm like that's a stained glass window of Ulysses S. Grant in my library. You know, what's real? So I don't know the story about that. Like, how did that end up? You know, whose idea was that? But um, Alyssa will find out and write. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Intrepid reporter. You know, I was thinking about. Um, you mentioned Atlantic City before, and you know how quirky Atlantic City, like how big Atlantic City was, and Asbury at the same time how big of a place it was. You know, the, the convention center used to have indoor football games, collegiate football games. My uncle played in the first Liberty Bowl in the convention center. They put fake grass down, no, real grass down for a college bowl game inside the convention center uh, on the boardwalk. We just had the league there, so I was down there this yeah. weekend as well. Not the convention center where the league is, but the one, what do they call it on the So it's boardwalk? called uh, Boardwalk Hall. Sorry, it's, yeah. Uh, it's on, it's, I, I was actually built, uh, people remember the, the show, um, uh, at Boardwalk Empire, you remember? Lucky so interesting fact: Boardwalk Empire first tried to come here. Oh, they first, yeah, they, we were the first choice, and then Atlantic City was their second. Yeah, yeah, and Atlantic City said no. Crazy. Well, no, Atlantic City said yes. Asbury said no. Wasn't it filmed in Atlantic City? Boardwalk no, Empire it was filled out in Long Island. Oh, so we all said oh, no. Said. Okay. Well, I knew Asbury <laughs> said no. I didn't know Atlantic <laughs> City said no. That's funny. That's crazy. But but yeah. but I'll tell you, and this is and, bad decisions. And and, and and you know, and Jersey just, Shore is always trying to film here, and we're right? always like, no, yeah. always. It's yeah. like, geez, Louise. Yeah, Jersey Shore trying. wanted to wanted to film in Belmar at oh. DJs and stuff, and we're like, no. But but here's one of the things that that I did down in in, in Atlantic City was at the CRDA. Um, and you mentioned boardwalk hall. So yeah, mm. it, when I was there, we actually had indoor football for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it's 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 hard to get away from anything away from the NFL. The viewership drops significantly, and the attendance yeah. drops. But the one uh, event they had there for years and years was Miss America. Mm -hmm. And Miss America, you know, back in the fifties and sixties, would get you know sixty million people would watch it. I mean, it was huge, right? You only had about seven stations to watch at the time. But over time, you know, the viewership had dropped significantly. Um, when I got there, um, they had a contract in place where they received $4.625 million for a two-hour show. And I thought it was obscene. I'm like, we have people that are homeless. We have, we have people. Atlantic City has a lot of homeless, or, or at least a, a lot of the homeless people um, or unhoused uh, are on the boardwalk. Right. right, on it or under the boardwalk. Or under yeah. the boardwalk. You know, we had all these social issues going on, and I'm like, how are we giving $4.5 million to ABC? This is insane. And no one came to it, and no one no one watched it. I mean, the show, you know, it was on a Sunday night up against, you know, Sunday night football. I'm like, no one's watching this. So we put an end to it, and because of that giant subsidy, they ended up having to go to uh, Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Mm. But it was one of those things, and I think Amy would agree with, you know, you have limited resources when you have tax dollars. You got to be careful how you spend it, and it's easy to see how this stuff gets gets wasted. As opposed to, what's the best way I can spend this dollar to positively benefit the community that I serve? Um, and you know, that that was something that was important to me uh, when I was there. And I just bring it up because you brought mm -hmm. up uh, Boardwalk Hall. Uh, if we could on, on the small businesses, the other yeah. thing that's great about Asbury Park, and I love in Belmar, like there are no major corporate plate. Right, no one here is publicly traded. Right. right? Um, you know, really from from call it Seabright down to Cape May, there's not a big a lot of big corporations. Right. Atlantic City has a couple, but that's about it. Um, so one of the things we did in Belmar and we're going to bring to Asbury Park is something. Uh, it's an incentive to shop during the holidays to shop local. Mm -hmm. So what Tap Into is doing is we're doing a contest between uh, Black Friday and Christmas Eve. Whoever has the uh, most receipts 
doesn't matter the dollar amount, just the receipt from a business in Asbury Park, whoever has the most will get four uh, seasonal beach badges to hmm. Asbury Park Beach for 2023. Second most will get three. Third most gets two. And, I love this. And the yeah. idea is just, and again, you, your receipt could be for $10. It could be for $1,000. I hope bars count. Bars count. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hair salons count. Anywhere and everywhere okay. would, would count. Uh, and, you know, it could be a gift certificate for somebody. It could be a painting. Whatever you want to buy. You know, it could be a bottle of olive oil. Um, and the we idea We have a place is, that sells olive oil. I know. Yeah. It's a great place. Oh. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, oh, where is it? And the idea is just, to get, okay. is just to get people... Uh, into stores, yeah, right? Uh, we all use Amazon, right? Or most of us do, you know, or you go to the Mammoth Mall for whatever you need or Freehold, but there's so many cool, unique shops in mm -hmm. Asbury Park, uh, and the winner doesn't have to be from Asbury Park. They could be from Motion Township. They could mm -hmm. be from, you know, Freehold. They could be from wherever, um, but as long as they're spending their time and their money in Asbury Park, you know, we think it's worthwhile to incentivize folks to do that, and, you know, who doesn't like, who doesn't like free beach patches? Yeah, I, I I appreciate that. I do. All, I, I use Amazon, but I also try. If you know, if you're related to me, you you get your Christmas gifts and your Same. birthday gifts come from Interwoven, um, Erica's place. Um, oh, I can't think of a name. Um, you know, every small store on on Asbury socks, whatever this is what you're getting. Because uh, uh, I want to support these businesses also because it's where I live, and you know, I'm friends with the, um, these owners. Yeah, I think it's Foolish a great ginger. idea. Is that who Foolish you ginger? Is that Foolish ginger? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so, I, um, when does it start? Black Friday. Yeah, Black Friday. And the nice mm -hmm. thing, too, when you spend the money there, right, we're in Asbury Grocery, when you spend the money here, it stays in this community. Mm -hmm. You know, the, she's going to spend the money somewhere else around here. Right, I think that's really important just yeah. to support small businesses this year and a good number more than of, ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a good number of the um, small business owners live in Asbury. so then they will. And nobody likes to leave Asbury. Know, that's like do. the thing about Asbury that you don't really... Don't want to leave the island. You have no <laughs> desire to leave the island. There's nothing outside the island that's worth leaving. I get for. so irritated when I have to go to Wegmans. I'm like, ah, oh, God. It's, and it's only, you know, a mile maybe from my house. I can't stand. And even Wegmans can be tough. Yeah. Um, well, you get that, right, Matt? Because you had like a little progressive. Well, would you consider, I mean, Asbury's this little progressive mecca in this overwhelmingly red county. So. It, uh, I know, I mean, I'll just speak for me personally, but I know for, for a lot of us, when we leave and come across people who don't share a lot of our, at the very least, social views, we're like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. It's the Gadsden flags. <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> it's, think... a, it's befuddling to us and maybe why none of us leave. But it is right, yeah. when you leave Asbury and go to other towns, there's um, a very different vibe. And that's me being kind. <laughs> right. No, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, uh, Belmar is the, the little brother, the, the, the you know, the, the infant brother to Asbury Park. I mean, you guys are, are the big brother around here for sure. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, socially, uh, folks in, in Belmar are probably more conservative uh, leaning than, than, than folks in Asbury Park. Um, certainly not all. Um, but once you get outside of here, uh, I agree. You go further west in Monmouth County. Uh, and it becomes a little bit more and more socially conservative the further you get away from the water. So can I ask, what did you do as the Atlantic City Reinvestment and Development Authority? Like what? I don't even know what that is. So when casinos uh, came to fruition, it was through a referendum back in 1978. 
um, which is sad because I'm old enough to remember it. Yeah, and, me too. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the idea was, you know, you had all this tax revenue coming in and going to programs for seniors, transportation, things like that outside of the city. Um, so in 1984, the legislature created the New Jersey Casino Reinvestment Development Authority to take 1.25% of the gross gaming revenue and invest it in Atlantic City. Uh, it also did invest it in projects in North Jersey, um, you know, some in Newark, um, the Heldrick Center, if you know that, in, in New Brunswick mm -hmm. has about $10 million. Um, but most of it was supposed to be focused on uh, as uh, Atlantic City. Um, so the idea was to take money that casinos made and invest it back in the city. Uh, 2016, uh, the previous governor and legislature uh, decided to divert that money away from CRDA uh, and simply help the city of Atlantic City pay down its debt over time. So, um, you know, when I came to CRDA, um, we literally had a, a bank account of money. And the way I explain to people is like an oil well. Mm -hmm. When we took money out, there was no more money going in. Uh, and, you know, we used it for projects like... Um, you know, buying up uh, dilapidated uh, rooming houses that were, you know, crime infested and were a real problem and a blight on the city. Um, investing in uh, Atlantic Care, which is the healthcare network there. Uh, expanding dialysis centers for folks. Uh, investing in public safety. Putting more police on the street, but not in cars. Literally walking the beat, like you know, old school. And um, and then you know, in you know, making improvements on the boardwalk. So. One of the things we did, which cost millions of dollars, but was really important, was having the nicest restrooms at the Jersey Shore. I'm from Belmar. I love our restrooms. I'm mm -hmm. telling you, the restrooms in you Atlantic City. You do have great restrooms, in, un unequivocally, in Atlantic City. Unbelievable, right? And, and they're designed to get power washed and steamed and to get clean. And, and the thought is, you know, when it comes to folks who go on a vacation, if you want to get away from just the folks that are gambling, you want to get families. And in families the mom decides where you go. And if a mom is comfortable putting her toddler on a toilet seat, you're going to lock that mom in and she's going to mm -hmm. talk to her mom friends. And <laughs> 100 just... When I was pregnant, I could tell you every shitty and good bathroom that there was <laughs> in Asbury Park. No, no, 100% agree with you on that. So, so that you know, it was, it was things, you know, like the, the, the smaller things like the bathrooms, the yeah. larger things like the hospitals, and uh, you know, working with their police department to improve public safety uh, and everything in between. So it was it was a lot of fun. And also, and and Amy will understand how important this is. In the tourism district of Atlantic City, the CRDA was responsible for land use. So we acted as the like a zoning board. We acted as a zoning board and the planning board for that area. Oh, that's including interesting. Including granting variances to our own regulations, and the rules were actually state rules, but applied on a municipal level. Only town in New Jersey that has something like that. It's my understanding the only town in the country that has something mm. like that where there's a state authority that has jurisdiction over the local municipal land use. Your favorite casino? Um, I don't gamble. Uh, I would not encourage anyone to ever gamble. <laughs> uh, if you ever seen the movie Casino and he says the house always wins, yeah. he's not lying. That's it funny. may have been a movie and he may have been an actor, but it's a true line. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if if I if I stay overnight, I, I love Ocean Resort. That's a great one. Amazing. Right on the beach, you know. Uh, and I love the fact that they're one of the very few casinos, if any, that embraces the outside. So um, casinos don't want you to go outside. They want you to stay inside. 
Well, it was, it noticed, was completely designed so you don't go outside, wasn't it? And, and that's part of the problem for the city. You know, you have all these people that come and they never leave the casino. So, you know, for it to be a real economic engine, you need people walking around the streets. You know, that's why you look at somewhere like New Brunswick. They do well because Rutgers has people walking around the streets. And, you know, in Atlantic City, the, the casinos, the intention was to be an economic driver. Um, but in reality, yeah, you're right. People would come in. You can't tell if it's two o'clock in the afternoon or two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Because right. there's no windows because they don't want you seeing outside. Right. Uh, whereas Ocean Resort embraces the outside. I mean, floor to ceiling windows, really an, an amazing place. You, you anticipated a, a question I had about the casinos because of that design where they don't want you to leave. I've There's always, like no walkability. Yeah, I've, I've always thought the casinos were actually an economic drag on the city because of that. You know, they were not because all the money was going into the casino and then to the casino owners and then out of Atlantic City. It was not driving, you know, uh, you know, and I don't know if that's true or not, but that was always my perception as a layperson. Is like the, because I remember the 78 referendum and it was going to cure so many things and, you know, the big publicity push. And now you look at it, it's like it feels like it did well for the casinos, but not anywhere else and i don't know if that's true or not that's just a perception of a, a lay person well, I, i'll tell you this and you can look at the numbers uh and and you could look at it in a, in a quantitative way the number of um restaurants in atlantic city declined precipitously after casinos opened because casinos had their own restaurants and they didn't want you to leave so um you know there again we talked about the show boardwalk empire uh, the 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 series is based on just a little part of the book, but the book overall talks about the history of Atlantic City, and in it it quotes a gentleman who I know is a good friend of mine, Steve Persky, who's a retired judge, and Steve in two thousand, whenever the book was written, maybe two thousand four, said, "Look how great Atlantic City's doing." Uh, it came out of this uh, urban um, blight, and it's looking great. Look at a town like Asbury Park. Mm -hmm. Look how much better Atlantic City is doing than Asbury Park. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to 2022, those comments did not age very well. Right. Um, we actually took folks from Atlantic City up to Asbury Park last year to show them the remarkable progress in development in Asbury Park and try to learn from what happened in Asbury Park and bring that to Atlantic City non-gaming economic development because Asbury Atlantic City has been stifled and if you go there you will see acres and acres of vacant oceanfront land which makes no sense but it, exactly like Asbury Park through the 80s yeah. and 90s yep. and early 2000s right we right. had all vacant land all vacant land but without casinos um and there were some bumps along the way uh, and there's still some bumps today, <laughs> right? Uh, again, Ellsbury Park's not perfect. It's imperfect, but that's that's okay. Um, but if you look at the two, it, uh, Atlantic City can learn a lot more from Asbury Park than Asbury Park can learn from Atlantic City. Hmm. I always thought that too. You know, the the restaurants disappearing were, was noticeable because, you know, if you look at the heyday of Asbury Park, I mean Atlantic City prior to the casinos, you have all these big name acts playing there, and that disappeared like you, you those restaurants just died like the classic you know maybe there's some old classic ones left but it was a there was a vibrant entertainment scene that just didn't survive the casinos well maybe it didn't survive the rest of it also but you right. know people also and matt you'll appreciate this just as a 
council person, people, if they're investing, they want to see, love this council on Asbury or hate us. There's some stability with us, right? There, you know, we've all been around a little bit. Uh, I think I've lived here the least amount of time and I've been here over 20 years. The rest were, Yvonne was born and raised here, John Moore and Eileen. I think when you're coming in to develop, you want to see some stability with your local government. And I'm not sure um, Atlantic City's had the same sort of stability with their local government. They've had some challenges to the point where the state has taken over. Right. Yeah. Uh, again, the only city in New Jersey, 565 municipalities, the only one that's controlled by the state is Atlantic City. Um, but, you know, for sure, prior to you, you know, getting on the on, on the council, I mean, you got a council member who was arrested because he was getting people to pave his driveway. I, feel, I think we've had a few. So, <laughs> so you know, it, it, that's why when people are like, "You're corrupt," I'm like, "I drive a 2010 Hyundai." Well, somebody needs to send those payments because they're <laughs> yeah. sending them to the wrong account. You, you want to be corrupt, like, right? <laughs> right. Where are you sending those yeah, yeah. Cor- those like, those some, those payoffs? Because I'm not getting right. them. I'm sure, your wife would want to know where the hell they are. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um, although you had a really nice mayor, and I think he ha- had some obstacles. He used to come to Asbury Park. Frank Gillum? That, was that his name? Frank Gilliam. Oh, Frank very Gilliam nice guy. Very nice guy. Oh, nice guy. Um, you know, I liked him a lot, um, but he, you know, took money that didn't belong to him. And, you know, he used a credit card, and it became a federal issue. Yeah. But for that, nice guy. <laughs> he, came, he used to come for our Black History event. He was yeah. always very I mean, polite. the mayor there now, uh, uh, Marty Small, is outstanding, doing a remarkable job. I know him and John Moore, you know, know each other somewhat. Um, you know, I know that uh, Senator Van Gopal has a good relationship with uh, Mayor Small. Um, and, and, and I think Mayor Small is, is the type of stability you're talking about as well in that, that Asbury Park has now. You know, and it's it, Asbury Park has had stability for, you know, for, I guess, as long as you've been on the council. Yeah, about a decade, I'd say. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little, even before us that we had not as much stability, but we had some stability. Um, but but I, I agree with you, you know, and look, your, your, your job is not to make developers happy or sad. Right. Right. Your, your job is to do what you, you could think just tell is best developers for... that, Matt, that would be. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of. You could tell them that that'd be great. Let's. Maybe there's two of them listening. Maybe, maybe. But your job is to do what you think is best for the 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 residents of the community. And look, you're you're, you're here in the long haul. So so are so are they. And you know, uh, developers, you know, hopefully are are going to do well. And I'm sure they will do well. And you want them to make a lot of money, right? God bless them. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, your job's not to make them happy. Mm-hmm. All right, circling back to tap. So what what's what's the future hold for for you guys, Alyssa? So the future will be focusing on telling the stories of residents in Asbury Park and about upcoming events, happenings, and local government news. And yeah, just getting it out there so and getting out there daily. If someone wants to talk to you, how do they reach you? Okay, so they can call my, I have my cell phone on my business card that I've been handing out or my email address. Shout out your email address. Okay, please. so my email address is a D-E-L-E-O. D-E-L-E-O at tapinto.net. And I'm assuming it's on the tap it's on the tap into website. It's on well, the website as which well. Which is tap into uh, was it tap into asbury.net? So, so really easiest way to do is if you um, use a search engine, whatever you yep. use, just type in tap into Asbury Park and it would come up. Right. Also I ha- we have an Instagram. Yeah. Tap into Asbury Park. And you can message me there. I'm really responsive. Oh you are, Always. You, are you the social media editor also? Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Now, is there someone you want to talk to you haven't been able to contact? You want to give them a shout out here? It's like, hello, uh, uh, someone call me or so-and-so give me a call or you don't have, don't have that list yet. Not yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's a good yeah. question. That is yeah. a good question. I'm just, yeah, not yet. I'm just still trying to just get uh, it's been two weeks, so the yeah, word out there we as well. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little early for that, right? And did you, did you, um, you know, have you spent a lot of time in Asbury? Like, is this where you went to have dinner and drinks? Like, were you familiar with it or was this a new sort of monster for you? Oh, uh, no, I'm really familiar with the town. I've been coming here. Uh, last few years definitely everybody has like what's interesting to me is everybody has like a soft spot for asbury wh where you know anywhere you go people have either their parents brought them here um in the 50s and 60s or right like everybody has some sort of asbury park story and uh, another one everybody has lived and joe and i are one of them has lived or knew someone who lived in the Santander, which is <laughs> yeah. that old Spanish-style building on uh, oh, okay. Deal Lake Drive. Yeah, everybody, everybody, or knows somebody who's lived in the Santander or has some sort of it sweet was, Asbury Park story. Oh, yeah, it was, like, it was like the island of misfit toys. Like, we just got washed up there you know, back, you know, 15 years ago when we all, you know, or longer when we ended up here, like, we all ended up in the Santander. And we all moved to Third Avenue. That's, that's yeah, <laughs> we used to make a we make a joke all the time. Sometimes with the podcast, like you moved here for bankruptcy or you moved here for breakup. So you were either breaking up with somebody, hence me and Joe, <laughs> or bankruptcy. You had lost everything, and this was the cheapest place to live. Yeah. So you ended up here. Yeah, both of those were true for me. I wasn't bankrupt, but I should have been. So. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else? No, I don't think so. We we're gonna do. You know, there we'll put something at the end with their website and and. And the contest, yeah, uh, you, which I think sounds anything, awesome. Anything, Matt, you want to throw out there before we uh, wrap up? No, just, um, you know, again, we're looking to do great, uh, you know, positive stories about uh, amazing people and businesses yeah. in, in Atlantic City. If you have an event, we'll do preview stories of it. We'll hope you publicize it um, and then we'll cover it as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just look at this as a, as a great opportunity. It's, it's going to be, a, it's so far, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and uh, I think we're going to keep, uh, keep it rolling. Do you have any other media? Like, do you do? do you, can you sponsor uh, TV clips on your website as well? Sure, so you can do the full news thing. Oh, great. Yeah. So, uh -huh. so yeah. looking for advertisers is you know, advertisers out there. Yeah. People who need advertising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Call Matt today. Say that. And um, also, <laughs> I'm going to start doing Instagram reels where I'll go to a business and just make a video for our Instagram, a fun video about the business, show the product, and yeah, mm -hmm. cool. Any businesses that are interested in that can just contact me. Oh, fantastic. So I want to thank Matt and Alyssa for joining us today on a Sunday night when I'm sure there was a Jets And game. another shout out to Allie from Asbury, Allie Roastery, Asbury Roastery, who won't do the podcast, but is lending us her space. Yeah, one of the first. Uh, her and John Moore are the two people who refused to do this podcast. I think they both at separate times told us to go fuck ourselves. So, so. <laughs> well, I can tell you for sure John Moore has. And the hot Allie might have been politer. Right. <laughs> no, Allie didn't. She was much politer. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. That was harmless, right?